Coming up, what an excellent day for the history of the devil. Part four. to another episode of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we normally examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we are still your holy guides on this journey through, oops, all bonus episodes, The History of the Devil, as we stand in solidarity with the SAG after strike. And today, folks, we are bringing you part four of The History of the Devil. Keenan, what do we remember from the last episode? Talking to me? <laughs> uh, well, Man, I'm talking to you. I'm Da Vinci over here. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Da Vinci a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what makes a last name a last name? Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, we had to go into angelology because it turns yes. out that in uh, St. Thomas uh, uh, Aquinas, Aquinas' version mm-hmm. of demonology, Not Aquinas. are just... <laughs> It turns out that demons are are angels, so mm-hmm. so we had to go through all of the rankings of the the courts of demons, and um, we had to go through uh, some of um, Saint Augustine's ideas as well about mm-hmm. the relationship of God and and the meaning of, of the creation of angels and all that. Right, right, and there was that penultimate like proof of his five proofs that i still don't understand <laughs> just forget it just forget just, it leave it alone man just, like if you can conceive of something perfect that means it exists i don't know i don't well, whatever yeah that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> by the very nature of perfection it exists I, fine fine we'll just we'll just you know what it's a matter of faith i'll just like wow oh ye of, of little ontological faith yeah right <laughs> We got ontology, angelology. <laughs> we got the etymology of all these demons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, so so I'm really, really excited today, Keenan, because mm-hmm. today we are going to be talking about one of the most iconic figures in demonology and occultism. This okay. is a figure that has intrigued scholars and historians and occultists for centuries. A figure that has come to be the face of modern day Satanism, as well as being mm-hmm. a symbol for various forms of occultism, mysticism, and esotericism right? Mm-hmm. This figure is often associated with the devil, and we may be forgiven for thinking that it is the devil, but it is not. I am, of course, talking about the mysterious and enigmatic Baphomet. But we can't talk about Baphomet without talking about the Knights Templar. Oh. And we can't talk about the Knights Templar without talking about the Crusades. No. <laughs> and to do that, we need to take a trip to Lester and Keenan's History Corner. I don't know. It's gonna be it's like do 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 do. No, that was that's, that's the circus the thing. That's the, the gladiators. gladiators, right? Which doesn't make any sense because I think of it as the entrance of the clowns, right? But it's the gladiators. But, but send in the clowns is a very sad song. Yeah. <laughs> send in the clowns. Nothing in this world makes any sense. All right, you, let's no, play can, play that can, music you paid. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's like you know you're in you're in ancient Rome, right? Mm-hmm. You got ancient Rome, and you're, and, and you're in the uh, the the Colosseum, right? Right. And Caesar's up there, and you're everyone's looking. It's like, oh, it's Caesar, it's Caesar. There he is. <laughs> you know, you might take a little you know a cheeky little photo, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It looks like it's selfie, but like right conveniently behind you is Caesar, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> to get there in, in there too, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, right. You know, and, 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 you know, down below, right. You, you hear the lions roaring, you hear, you hear the men and they're, they're, you know, they're getting ready for battle. They're psyching mm-hmm. themselves up. Right. And then somebody announces a now the entry of the gladiators. <laughs> and then just some, then you just hear. <laughs> and you're like, what is this? <laughs> this is the March of death. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine people dying to this. Right. <laughs> people being eaten alive by <laughs> and it's one of those songs that, that um, never finishes right? yeah. it just keeps going so like, well they designed it to never finish we don't know how long this guy's gonna last yeah so I, th- I think this guy's uh, I, th- I think this guy's definitely dead like he's he's uh, the lion has definitely perforated him beyond recognition he looks like a he looks like a ragged sponge oh no he's getting up <laughs> In a thousand years, they'll still be playing. No, it's like this, this, this gladiator, and he's dying in his in a pool of his own blood. He's like, just tell me. In a thousand years, they'll still be playing my song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll definitely still be playing the song. It's like yes, and it'll be it'll be associated with with glory in battle. Sure. sure. Yeah. Right. That'll yeah. sell popcorn to these rooms yes. out here. There's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> Step right up, step right up. See the amazing strong man and the and the and the, the, the two faced uh, uh, politician. No, wait, that's a real thing. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. <clears throat> okay, well, All right. Lester and Keenan's history corner. Yes. Where, where are we going? <laughs> now, folks, this is this was supposed to be different from a trap because <laughs> it was it was like we we actually needed to go here to talk about oh. history, but we fell into a trap anyway. It's it's the gladiators trap. It's a circus <laughs> trap. Yeah. But yeah, okay. okay. We're, we're not going now. to the. We're not going to the ancient Rome. Where are we no. going? <laughs> we're going. We're, we're we're a little bit past that, right? Mm. We're we're now you know, like no no longer is Rome associated with um with uh, uh conquest and bloodshed mm-hmm. in the name of the old gods. <laughs> okay. Now it's conquest and bloodshed in the name of Christ. So, where the hell are we? <laughs> I keep asking this question. <laughs> where have we gone? <laughs> <laughs> we have gone <laughs> to Lester and Keenan's History Corner. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We're at Lester and Keenan's History Corner. <laughs> when are we? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> where are we? You mean where? I said that. <laughs> I covered my bases. You didn't know I did. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on here? <laughs> okay. Okay. We're talking about the Crusades. Okay. All right. Got it. <laughs> All right. That makes some yes. sense. Yes. We mm-hmm. picked a new recurring segment and we went to one of the worst times in the history of man. Great. I understand. Yes. yes. <laughs> we couldn't be like, what? the day they invented basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> not on this show. No, <laughs> Keenan, Keenan, mm-hmm. we 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 think like whenever we look at a period in history, mm-hmm. we're like, man, you know, this period of history is full of full of violence and right. death and bloodshed. But Keenan, if if we if we took a step back, if we if mm-hmm. we looked, if we had the eyes of God, right, 
we would see that all eras in history are shit. <laughs> Not that time they they used those peach baskets and broke holes in the bottom to invent basketball. That That's was true. That was sweet. that was actually a really cool time, right? Oh, really sweet. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So every day but that day. <laughs> every day but that day, right? It's pretty shitty. And that's 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 why they they did a, a sport after it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, okay, we're, we're talking about the Crusades, right? Essentially, the Crusades were a series of religious slash military, or military slash religious, a lot of slashing in any case, right? They were a series of campaigns in the Middle Ages from the 11th to the 13th centuries, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we're still in the Middle Ages, Keenan. Okay. okay. Right. This is, and this, I got the slashing pun, but very late. Oh, oh, okay. I was waiting. <laughs> Folks might have not noticed my, my like, I, like I, I didn't say anything, no. but like behind my words, there was like a, oh. You did, you did it like a pro. Yeah, right. Acting? <laughs> but, but now yeah. I get it. Yeah, okay, great. Wonderful, wonderful. Glad, glad to get it. Do you want to do it again now that you get it? Or? No. Okay, good, good. We're moving on. <laughs> We're professionals. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so what I was trying to say, this is this is the dangerous part of middle age, right? Like right. you you spent all that money on a shiny new theology, right? <laughs> With all the bells and whistles, right? And and now you want to show it off. You want to take it for a spin, right? And sure, it might make you feel young, but buddy, you got to face the fact. You're not 27 BCE anymore. <laughs> right? Those days are gone. Right. You're not the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Right? Ask ask a knight of the Middle Ages how often they think of the Roman Empire and they'll say all the time. And that's sad right? because those days are gone. Now you're getting sick more often. Mm-hmm. Your infrastructure is fucked and your, your plumbing doesn't work. <laughs> right. Bro, she doesn't think about you anymore. <laughs> queen Dido of Carthage, <laughs> she doesn't think about you. <laughs> Bodica, the warrior queen of the Celts, <laughs> doesn't think about you. She's well, moved on. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe if I just conquer a few more lands <laughs> and convert a few more pagans. Then, uh... Bro. If you're going to do that, you got to do it for yourself. <laughs> My hair's falling, falling out and I have the plague. <laughs> yeah, that's the Middle Those Ages, folks. might be related, actually, yeah. now I think about it. Oh. Your hair's falling out and you got the plague, which, which comes first there. <laughs> right. Wait, did you say which? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay, so that's the Middle Ages, folks, right? And, and like, like, what does any hot-blooded man in their Middle Ages do? They get the hell out of the house or the continent, and they go on a wild and crazy road trip with the boys, right? Mm. Minus the roads, because those are fucked up too. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, they're not what they used to be. Right? That's right. Yeah, the re- you know the, the Roman roads and you know all, that stuff <laughs> okay. we gotta, all yeah. roads lead to the Roman Empire, but not anymore. Not anymore. Nope. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so the primary goal of the Crusades was to reclaim their lost youth. No, um, it was it was to reclaim control of the Holy Land, which from an anthropological perspective, this really is the same thing, right? Is it trying to re- reclaim what is lost, right? Um, now, the Holy Land, that's that's Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, right, are not just holy to the Crusaders, mm-hmm. right, but also to the people fighting the Crusaders. Right. And therein lies the problem. <laughs> Now, Keenan. I, I would say also part of the problem is that um, they're talking about reclaiming things they, they didn't, whoever these crusaders are, they never owned in the first place. Yeah. So that, that, that you know, quote unquote, I forgot. I, I, I should have, <laughs> I keep forgetting that this is not a visual medium. <laughs> You've been doing the, the air quotes all <laughs> Quote unquote. Yeah. Reclaiming. Reclaim. Right. Right. Yeah, reclaiming. Right. Right. Some other Christians 
controlled the Holy Land. But what does it have to do with you right now? Right, These exactly. People who are doing this, yes, precisely. So, so we we have this this kind of like um, uh, delusion of ownership, right? Right. Mm-hmm. With this thing, yeah, right. But I mean, oh wait, like Keenan, mm-hmm. if I were to launch a crusade and I raided your fridge, hey, no, <laughs> and I took from the fridge mm. a a can of monster energy drink which which is the holy of holies for me <laughs> that's right you might not mind as much right mm-hmm. let's ignore the breaking and entering i am european um, <laughs> that's the advancement of western civilization baby yeah. <laughs> right. right i i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily yeah yeah you told right. stolen monster energy i wasn't going to drink it anyways right 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 so that's so that's me launching a crusade and and right. stealing something that you don't really care about right? i might not have even known it was in there yeah right so i'm just i'm just going to take this back right right but let's compare that to another scenario wherein i invade your home mm. again right that part doesn't change right mm-hmm. and i launch a crusade against your fridge Mm-hmm. And I attempt to gain control of your Coca-Cola. Aha, uh-huh, yes. And suddenly you're going to raise all this fuss <laughs> about how you bought the Coca-Cola and it's in your house. And, and where did I get full chain mail armor and blah, 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 right? right? <laughs> but you would have something to say, yes? Yeah, even in this hypothetical, like I feel every hair in my body. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's mine, yes, yes it's mine, right? Coca-Cola. And I would concede to the fact that it is in your house, mm-hmm. right? But I would come back at you with the inarguable counterpoint that God told me the Coca-Cola was mine. <laughs> and it's inarguable because I have a sword. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> inarguable. Yeah. You can't even understand St. Thomas Aquinas' hey, hey, fourth hey. rule. <laughs> You're talking about inarguable. <laughs> that Gordian knot and this sword? <laughs> slice, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sla- I, I, I understand slash solved it. Right. Or solved slash understand. Yeah, whatever, you know. But let's say let's let's add to this, Keenan. You also have a sword. Well, thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you have a similar claim that the Coca Cola said a similar thing to you, or God said a similar thing to you. In this thing, <laughs> it's you know the analogy gets a little bit muddy, right? Right. Uh huh. But you don't actually call it Coca Cola. You call it something different. Uh huh. Which for some reason makes me mad. <laughs> and we fight for 158 years. Uh-huh. And all the time the Coca-Cola mm-hmm. is just sitting in the fridge, just a source of love and light and goodness. And it doesn't go bad by the way. Coca-Cola right. just keeps being Coca-Cola, right? Right. right. It doesn't expire. But yeah, it's everlasting. Um but now it is tainted by our spilled blood, which uh-huh. I guess is okay because it, the can is red. Yeah, not just red though. <laughs> Pantone color book PMS 484. Oh, well there you go. It's right. a very particular kind of red. <laughs> Well, you say, see, see, your particular religion says Pantone color book PMS 484. Uh-huh. I say Pantone color book uh, PMS uh, 486. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, I was going to apologize for killing you for 158 years, but right. now. No. No. But yeah, that's the Crusades. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. You know, so we can, we can leave Lester and Keenan's history corner now. Thank God. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't cite us in any of your research papers or anything like that. <laughs> now that we're leaving the Crusades, can we go and do our, our history corner and like when they invented the Ferris wheel? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised, Keenan. There's actually a lot of death in that one, too. Oh, no. <laughs> 
But yeah, folks, you might be asking, where does the devil figure in all of this? Yeah, where does the devil figure in all of this? That is an excellent question. Where is he in all of this? Folks have been with us the whole time. The whole time? The whole time. <laughs> might remember way back when we talked about how Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are all Abrahamic religions. That is, they trace their spiritual lineage back to Abraham of the Old Testament. They believe in the same God, though they might call him by a different name. However, back in the day, unfortunately, uh, we weren't as nuanced as all that, and everyone not of the Christian faith was not only against us, <laughs> but they were in fact being puppeted by the devil himself, right? right? It, 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 so it was believed. Sorry, I should specify that. It was believed <laughs> right. by, Christ, by early Christians, right? So remember in our last and, episode- and, uh, <clears throat> and, Sorry. <clears throat> And sometimes that was seen as a bigger deal than the pagan religions like that were created by the um, the devil, like heretic religions were seen as even more of a test because they were mm. so similar to um, to your own faith. Right, right. And the one thing that the that the early Christian church could not stand was mm -hmm. heresy, right? right? Anything anything speaking against uh, God or or them, right? Mm -hmm. The church, right? So remember in our last episodes, we had mm -hmm. uh, lots of fun creating all the lore surrounding the devil, right? We got his origin story, right? He's a fallen angel. He's the snake in the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. We decked out his pad. Now he lives in hell, which eh, kind of resembles Hades, um, <laughs> which is really metal. Um, right. There's a big old dog there. Yeah, there's a big dog. There's, there's no, like, like three dogs in one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he's got an army of demons now, right? And they're actually fallen angels, right? Mm. Uh, we have his MO, right? He and the other fallen angels are, are here to tempt us and lead us astray, right? Mm. All of that stuff. Well, it turns out what we've also done is create the perfect mascot for the opposing team. The opposing team being anybody who is not Christian, hmm. right? No, 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 not even that. Anybody who is not our specific flavor of Christian, in this case, Catholic. <laughs> right. Um, Keenan, I just thought of a very important question. Mm -hmm. If Christian denominations were lifesavers, what would what flavor would Catholic be? <laughs> oh, it's got to hurt a little. Mm. Uh, so like mint, but I like mint. I, uh, maybe um, cinnamon. Ooh, yes, cinnamon, that, like, like that peppermint, hot, yeah. yeah. Well, that hot cinnamon. Even yeah, more than peppermint, yeah. Okay, okay. Got to feel it. <laughs> I like I like your specification that it has to hurt. It has to hurt a little bit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like a red hot, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Hmm. See, I was thinking of like like it's it's very it's very opulent, right? You got all those oh, like yeah, yeah. you know, like like the reds and the golds and everything. I was thinking like of a nice cherry or something like that, <laughs> right? But I like your idea more, right? Like yeah. this this hot um cinnamon, right? <laughs> nice, nice. And I'm not going to say anything for any other denomination. I was going to say, we're not going to go through all of them. Right? No, we're not going to. No, no. <laughs> like, you guys, folks out, you know, like listeners at home, you decide who's lemon and who's lime and, uh, you know, and, and, and who is mint and, uh, you know, like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so in any case, right, Satan's army has gone from being spiritual to flesh and blood in the form of any and all enemies of Christ and Christendom. All right. And that includes the Muslim people. The Muslim people whose land we are currently invading to steal slash reclaim. <laughs> Again, a lot of slashing. <laughs> what we see as our holy land. <laughs> Never mind that they feel the exact same way about the land, right? Mm -hmm. We're the good guys. We are God's holy warriors battling against the forces of darkness. Right? Yeah, this has been really helpful to me to think about how how you could paint these um, religious cousins of ours as uh, as being placed there by the by the devil or by mm -hmm. demons right and and that's why that's why from the perspective of the crusaders they have uh such a um an advanced religion and an advanced state even like an advanced mm -hmm. culture and it's all like oh this is attempt uh, to tempt us away from the right religion so yeah. i hadn't thought about that you know from the perspective of the crusaders before mm -hmm. not that i'm trying to like you know 
justify yeah. <laughs> that's not a, that, 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 that's not a, a hobby we endorse is uh, trying to get into the crusaders heads yeah but let's i'm not, always like you know you know it could be easy from from um you know 800 years later to be like what the hell is with these guys like why why is this such a big deal for them like mm-hmm. you know why would they keep doing this and it's just so easy to see that that muslims and jews are, are part of the same you know religious family but yeah of course they right. don't see it that way no no and this demonizing of the Muslim people, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Which Wasn't, is literal, right? <laughs> this is literally what they're doing, right? They're, right. they're demonizing this other religion, right? Right. Um, but this wasn't just relegated to the battlefield. Back home, people were writing religious texts and they were giving sermons and talking about how these people were agents of the devil or at least under demonic influence, right? right. And and the popes and the religious leaders of the time were promoting were promoting the crusades as this epic battle between good and evil. And like they brought it home to the people in Europe and they, and they framed it like, no, 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 no. We're defending Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. By going out and invading this land, we're defending all that is good. Right. right? And of course... What this did was it, it sparked this religious zeal within, you know, nobles and knights and peasants alike. And, and they all signed up to go to the Holy Land and fight the devil. Mm-hmm. And of course, being part of God's army on earth is not without its perks, right? If you were a crusading knight, you got spiritual brownie points up the wazoo. They, that's not how they phrased it. But, <laughs> but it, it was understood. The wazoo was understood, right? <laughs> you, could, you could basically pay off all of your spiritual debt by joining the crusades. You right. could hack and slash your way into heaven, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, now, among the most famous and prominent knightly orders during the crusades were the Knights Templar officially known as the, quote, poor fellow soldiers of Christ and the Temple of Solomon. Hey! <laughs> they built it at this point. Yeah, they, they, I, I hope so. <laughs> right? Uh, now, these guys were founded in the early 12th century, and they gained widespread recognition and power during the Crusades. They were mm-hmm. known for their military prowess and financial expertise, as well as their role in protecting pilgrims traveling to the Holy, La- Holy Land, right? The Templars became highly influential and amassed considerable wealth and property. Right. So the knights are, are founded as like the as like the um, in Jerusalem. So their mm, order yes. is founded in the Holy Land, and then yes. as they're as like Christians were being pushed out of it, they had strongholds in like um, Rhodes in Greece. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like almost uh, all the way to Turkey. So I mean, it, yes. you know, So they are they are more familiar with that area, and they have been you know dealing with political fights with um with Muslims and with the Ottomans and things like that. So their whole time. Yes. And that actually comes into play a little bit later. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Now, actually, most of the Templars weren't Mm -hmm. fighters but financiers, Mm -hmm. taking an interest in the economic infrastructure both within and beyond the reach of the church. You could say that because of their reach, they were the first multinational corporation, Mm -hmm. aside from Solomon Co., that is. (laughs) Solomon Co. has friends all across the world as long as we understand that most of it's right next to Solomon Go. <laughs> yes. And as long as we understand their particular definition of friends. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this episode was brought to you by Solomon Go. No. Um, but no, like, so, so uh, uh, one of uh, the Templar's functions was to act as an early type of international bank, hmm. actually. They operated a system of estates across Europe and the Holy Land, and pilgrims and crusaders would deposit money and assets with the Templars at one location and receive a document confirming the deposit. Mm-hmm. This document could then be presented at another Templar establishment, and the deposited amount could be withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also engaged in lending and financing, um, often providing loans to nobles and monarchs and other entities. We're actually going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, I have some um, questions about that. 
Yeah. Um, they used this extensive financial network to transfer funds and facilitate trade. And in this way, they were able to fund the Crusades. So they were like the Wells Fargo of their time. Hmm, I thought Wells Fargo of their time would have been Wells Fargo. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, now, now, they also functioned another way. Mm-hmm. Travel during the Middle Ages, especially for pilgrims and crusaders, could be dangerous. Right. The Templars offered a safe way for individuals to transport their wealth without uh, carrying large sums of money. They also provided a level of trust, as the Templar order was highly respected and trusted both by Christian and Muslim rulers. So it really is like the Wells Fargo, like the stagecoach traveling through like mm-hmm. perilous territory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, when the Templars weren't banking or killing the Muslim people in the name mm-hmm. of Jesus, mm-hmm. they were in negotiations with them. Mm-hmm. While their primary role was military, there were um, instances where the Knights Templar engaged in negotiations with Muslim leaders. These negotiations often revolved around uh, the terms of truces, uh, prisoner exchanges, or the safety of uh, Christian pil- pilgrims. Um, in some cases, there may have been a cultural exchange between the Templars and the Muslims. Mm-hmm. For example, the, the Templars would have been exposed to Islamic architecture and culture during their time in the Holy Land, which would have influenced their own practices. Right. Mm. Now, because they had mm. things that were that were more advanced than Europe in many ways. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And if you're there, if you're if you're spending a lot of time there, you you know you can't not be influenced by this stuff. Right. right? Yeah. Um, it's also important to note that the relationship between the Knights Templar and the Muslims was complex. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like it's, it's you know it's the relationship status uh, on Facebook. Right. Not mm. it's complicated. It's complex. <laughs> Right. Those are two different things. Um, <laughs> while they were enemies on the battlefield during the Crusades, they also had to navigate, uh, you know, political and diplomatic situations that sometimes required cooperation and negotiation. Mm-hmm. Right? And I might also say, even though a lot of the, the um, Islamic empires down there were gigantic, they were mm. they were distinct. So they were different. Yes. Yeah, so, so they knew the difference uh, <laughs> between um, between the Ottomans and the um, the Mamlukian Egyptians, et cetera. Like, so they, they right. didn't just see them as like, oh, all the people over there who are Muslim. And that's right, all the same. Right. Yes, exactly, right? Now, all that to say, right, fighting or fraternizing, right, mm-hmm. they're spending a lot of time over there doing one or the other. And because of this, the people back home in Western Europe start to wonder if maybe these guys haven't actually switched sides. Mm. And so, yeah, near the end of their power in 1307, uh, rumors are circulating about this supposed, quote unquote, um, <laughs> I have to do the quotes, right? <laughs> yes. I have to say the quotes. Um, this supposed holy order of knights. So these rumors range from uh, the Knights Templar being corrupted by their enormous wealth. Remember, they're, they're, you know, they got this banking thing going on, to uh, being in league with the Muslim nations, to having secretly converted to Islam, to straight up witchcraft and devil worship, which, remember, folks, was pretty much the same thing to these early Christians, right? Mm. If it wasn't your flavor, it was under the devil's cloven hoof. <laughs> well, I haven't heard about this. This is, this is, that's pretty nutso to suspect these people. These are some of the, you know, holiest of holiest people. They're going out there and, you know, becoming knights to God specifically. And, Precisely, right? Yeah. Hmm. You wonder why, like, why would this would this holy order of knights get besmirched with, why would this holy order of knights, which lends people money, <laughs> suddenly start being the victim of, like, all of these rumors? Hmm. Okay, okay. Why would somebody who owes a lot of money <laughs> to this holy order of knights suddenly want to see them disbanded and executed slash tortured? A lot of slashing. Right. Yeah. 
But yeah, it also, okay, it also didn't help that the Templars shrouded themselves in mystery and secrecy, sure. right? A, a lot of their activities were done in secret. A lot of their rites and their rituals and even like the initiation into the order, all of these were closely guarded secrets. And that helped fan the flames for rumors that these guys weren't on the up and up, mm -hmm. right? And those rumors were very convenient for folks back home, particularly anybody who owed money to the Templars. <laughs> and King Philip IV of France, a.k.a. King Philip the Fair, a.k.a. King Philippe la Belle, um, he owed the Templars. I like all those names. Right? Those are all nice. Yeah. Philippe la Belle. Philippe la Belle, right? <laughs> I am Philippe la Belle. You just get to call yourself that when you're king. Right? <laughs> just yeah. get to say I'm really good. I'm like a really good looking. Yes, right? Which actually, that raises the question, right? Have we... <laughs> Have we seen a picture of this guy? Is he actually <laughs> is is he actually Lebel? Let's find some uh, selfies of him yeah. at the Coliseum. <laughs> Philippe Lebel. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now I gotta look. So, folks, uh, bear with us. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> Depending on who's 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 painting him, I guess. Yeah. Philippe Lebel. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah. Would you um? I mean, you know, and we'll uh, we'll both give answers, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, you uh, you know, you met this guy on a blind date. Right? <laughs> uh -huh. What would you what would you what would you what would you say? Would you oh, would you yeah. would you stay for dinner? So I'd stay for dinner. I'd stay mm -hmm. until I get a little fiefdom, maybe in Normandy. Ah, or... yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I hear his finances are not too good, <laughs> but he's got land. At the yeah. very least, yeah. He didn't like when I was with him. He didn't even like he had me pay for both. <laughs> oh no, entrees. It was uh, it was actually kind of embarrassing. I'll get you back, baby. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he did that thing. He's like, oh, I will take care of it. I will. Oh, oh, my wallet. I don't. Oh, I. Oh, and he just kept on. He checked his his right side wallet like three times, which is like that's how you know he's faking. Like you right. did, didn't bring your wallet, Mister Labelle. <laughs> Right. What about these ten guys who are following you around in your yeah. in your retinue? What about them? Were their wallets? Right. Uh, and just we, each of them is like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> we must have left them on the wallet table. <laughs> on the what? You have a wallet? Yes, it's very important. It, uh, it's, a, it's an old French custom. It's like, <laughs> not modern French, old French, right? <laughs> See, that way we can't cross check it. We can't. Be like, no. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. If I have a French friend and they're like, no, no, that's not what we do at all. It's like, oh, no, no, this is, this is, you know, middle ages French. This is, this is pre-opera house. This is, yeah, who's been telling me this is a French custom? Oh, you know, Philip the Fair. Oh, yeah. of course. Oh, God. <laughs> Philip the Fair, yes. Philip the Cheap yeah. <laughs> is more like it. Philippe le Cheap. Philippe Le Cheap. See? It, 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 it rolls off the tongue. As my head rolls off my body. Yeah. But yeah, so, so yeah, so, so, uh, like, he, he owed the Templars quite a lot of money. And mm -hmm. uh, so he, when, when he heard these rumors kind of circulating that, you know, the Knights Templar were a little bit uh, uh, sus, right? Like, right. He, he jumped on this opportunity to, like, arrest, torture, and execute as many Templars as he could, mm -hmm. right? And so, on Friday, October 13th, 1307, King Philip the Fair gave orders to attack every Templar stronghold simultaneously in an effort to wipe them out for good. Hmm. In Jesus' name. <laughs> so so Friday, October 13th, is that where yep. we get like Friday the 13th? I mean... It seems it, it seems like it would be right. Like this, this is certainly one of the instances um, that made this day unlucky. I mean, it was it was definitely unlucky for the Templars. Right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like 13 was actually considered unlucky in 
Norse mythology. Thanks to oh, Loki. Oh, really? Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Loki. Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, yeah. But no, there, there's that there's that story of um of all the gods that are um at that that party. Only only in in some versions they say it's like twelve gods, okay. and Loki isn't invited. And at the party, everyone's like super impressed by this claim that nothing can harm uh, the most beautiful and beloved god, Baldur. Oh, and, so Baldur the the beautiful Baldur the yeah, yeah, Baldur. Oh, there we go, right? <laughs> He's a great, 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 great grandfather of of Philippe Lebel, right? And of course, right? These are Viking gods, right? So, so I don't know, Keenan. You go to a party, and everyone there is the whitest white people you ever did see. And someone someone makes a claim that they are impervious to injury at this party full of white people. What do you think is happening at this party when you get there? Oh yeah, like knife throwing and setting people's shoes on fire. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, so 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 these twelve gods mm-hmm. are all taking turns trying to see if they can harm Baldur, right? mm. Who, whom they love so much. You just remember that, <laughs> right. Baldur right. le, le invincible. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're they're stabbing him with swords. They're shooting him with arrows, right? And it's all just bouncing off this guy, right? Uh, and everyone's like, oh, right? This is <laughs> this is what my people get up to. Um, and then Loki shows up, uh-huh. un- uninvited, 13th guest, mm-hmm. right, with this sharpened stick made of mistletoe. Mistletoe. And he gets one of the gods to throw it at Baldur's eye, mm. right? He doesn't do it himself, right? This is important. He gets one right. of the gods to do it, and it kills him, right? It kills him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like permadeath or? Yeah, perma- like like he's done. He's dead. Really? <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> And there's more like 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 before this like Baldur's mother like mm-hmm. she she loved Baldur so much that she actually went out to every um thing in the known universe uh-huh. right and, and and like made all of them swear and promise that like they wouldn't hurt her son right oh, okay. so like you know all the metals of the earth and the clouds of the sky and the and the leaves of the trees and the grass and the, you know and, and all the wild animals and all the wild bees and she went to every single thing mm-hmm. except like mistletoe like slept in that day or something like that. Oh, okay. So it didn't it didn't make the promise that it wouldn't harm Balder. Mm-hmm. And so so now, you know, Balder grows up and he's invincible and but then Loki knows about it. Like so he's like, "Oh, mistletoe, man, right?" And he goes and, <laughs> and kills Balder because cuz he's a prankster. Well, I mean, just because mistletoe didn't make the promise doesn't mean it needs to kill the guy. <laughs> I There's like, a lot of things I I haven't promised not to do that I wouldn't do. Yeah. This yeah, being one you, of them. Right, but you're not being used by Loki. <laughs> Uh, who knows? Who are you? Who yeah. can say? Who can say? Right. <laughs> so, so does he get to go to Valhalla? He was killed, you know. I guess not I, a battle, but I actually don't know. I, like, I didn't, I didn't so get that far just, in this. He's just dead. <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that's it. That's the end of the story. You're saying in in some in some uh, uh, iterations. I think in other iterations, he's fine because. <laughs> You know, you know how these the old gods. stories go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like he, he dies, and then he's like, "Hey, I'm that guy who died. It was really, really sad. Except I'm here now." Right. Yeah. Wow. Even when when Zeus kills the the uh, Titan, doesn't kill him. No. Just puts him in a hole. <laughs> yep. That's it. Yeah. So Jeez, so Baldur's right. yeah. I think I think Baldur is down in hell. All right. Well. Like hell, as in H E L. H E L. Yeah. So Loki's daughter's domain. All right. Well, jeez. Right. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. Like, you know, my ancestors. Please, you know, no, actually, don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want, I don't want any of that, actually. But yeah, Balder, right in. The Exorcist yeah, Bal- gmail.com. Tell us where you, where you are. It's really complicated. <laughs> they told me I was in, in Valhalla, but then it turned out it was just Loki again. He just he says, ha, neither, neither, neither. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, your your Swedish accent is so much better than mine. 
<laughs> oh, good. I have Swedish in-laws, so I hope I hope that. Oh, uh, perfect. There we go. <laughs> uh, we're not, we're not going to get in trouble by doing a Swedish accent. Nah, fuck them. They're all the way up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> all the way up there in Valhalla? <laughs> That's right. That's it. The, 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 the second coming of the Vikings folks triggered by the Exorcist Minute. Yeah, they're building their longer ships now. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Anybody who gets McKeenan's head. <laughs> I promise you affordable health care. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you can't uh, put together the long ships? We got them from Ikea. <laughs> Just use a little wrench. Yeah. <laughs> it's included. <laughs> if it feels like you're forcing it, you've put it in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> that's just good advice for yeah, anything, yeah. folks at home. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I gotta put that in Lesterism. <laughs> that's the other. This is like, yes, we're going after Keenan and Lester. Uh, it's like, well, well, well which one? <laughs> There's like 450,000. <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay. So yeah, so so yeah, we, we fell into the Viking trap. Um, so as far as Christianity goes, going back to like the 13 thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people believe that Judas was the 13th apostle, but that's not true. There were 12. There were 12. <laughs> right. Who's the other one? Well, no, that's what, like, like, uh, like, that's it. Yeah, okay. He was, he was the 12th, right? <laughs> right. And then when he commits suicide or explodes in some versions, remember? <laughs> right. In this, like, you know, like, detonation of, of blood and gristle, mm-hmm. um, that leaves 11 apostles, okay, right? So right. 13 is, is never in there, right? Right. Uh-huh. But I, I have heard, it's like, oh, why is 13 evil? It's like, oh, well, Judas. It's like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense, right? But he, some folks he wasn't like the last to join, was he? Is that what they're saying? No, I I don't know about that. But I don't like think even so, right? if even if he was the last to join, he would be the twelfth. <laughs> but okay, so but what what folks are saying now is that like oh well there were thirteen people at the last supper, uh-huh. so including Jesus. Well then, I mean Jesus would be the thirteenth, I would say. Well, no, Jesus would be the first, you know, <laughs> and Judas would be the thirteenth. Why? I. Do, but, <laughs> to make this work. I don't know about this. I mean, hmm. Hmm. but yeah. I, I mean, know. yeah, you know, either way. Yeah. I'd um, love to find out if, if Judas was the last of them in order who joined, maybe there's something there, but that's still 12. Right. Yeah. And then Judas mm-hmm. would be the 13th of them. Maybe that's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah. And then, and then you got like Holy Thursday right before a good Friday. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's see again, that that's also a bit of a stretch. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so not a lot of, so not a lot in the way of like Christian mythology for Friday the 13th, right? As right. far as I know, it's it's just because it's like so rare. It's a rare date, right? Um, but yeah, so folks, if you want us to do a Friday the 13th deep dive later on down the road, like we'll do it. But for now, let's get back to our- Yeah, our, I'm, I'm just already crapping on it. It's just not yeah. real. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. No, I'd love to know more about this stuff, how, how it started, yeah. But. Sure, sure. sure, yeah. sure. Uh, but for now, let's get back to our, our deep dive of the devil. Okay. So we're talking about uh, Baphomet. Yeah, so so far in this episode about Baphomet, mm-hmm. there's been very little Baphomet. Um, mm-hmm. Have you noticed this, folks? Well, well, yeah, last time we just we just thought it was par for the course with you guys. Um, but no, okay, okay. So, confession time. Mm, go ahead. Hmm? What do you have to confess? 
No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm saying the name Baphomet didn't actually even come up until confession time. Uh-huh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so, so apparently King Philip IV of France, mm-hmm. a.k.a. King Philip the Fair, <laughs> a.k.a. King Philippe la Belle, right? <laughs> um, he actually had them brought in on less specific charges. Mm-hmm. So, so King Philip, in collaboration with his buddy Pope Clement V, uh-huh. a.k.a. Papa C. <laughs> C5, I guess. Yeah, Papa C5. <laughs> Um, brought the Templars in on that old standby heresy, mm-hmm. right? which at the time was an umbrella term for any kind of threat to religious authority. Right? This included uh, deviation from the core tenets of Christianity as interpreted by the church. Right? Note that, as interpreted by the church. Mm-hmm. Right? Any contradiction to established doctrines or dogmas as interpreted by the church. <laughs> Or any individual interpretation of the religious texts not in line with the interpretation of the church, mm-hmm. right? Um, and not recognizing the authority of the pope. That that is Papa C. Papa C five. Yeah, Papa C five. <laughs> Papa C papal C. Papa C. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So so that's all they needed to round all the Knights Templar mm-hmm. up and torture a confession out of them, right? right? This was back when all you needed to be condemned was to be con- was to be accused. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, you were guilty until proven dead, essentially. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's here that they got the Templars between a rock and a hard place, Keenan. Right. We we might touch on this again if we make it all the way to the Salem witch trials. But mm-hmm. the idea of lying, of giving a false confession to get out of torture. Today, today it's easy. There's not even a question. Right. Mm-hmm. Like like you and me, like we're on the rack and we're like. You know, and, and they're like, 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 tell the truth. Are you in a, and we're like, yes, whatever it is. <laughs> right. Yes, I am absolutely that. I am whatever you want me to be. I am mm-hmm. like, and, and whatever else you think up in the interim, I, I am those things too. Case closed. Right. Let's, let's get out a, of this dungeon. I'm a troll doll. <laughs> yes. What do you want to say? I, I killed JFK. I was the mm-hmm. one. <laughs> I'm a witch. I'm a wizard. I practiced sinful acts, right? Like I'll, I'll sign whatever document you want me to sign. It's yeah. like, well, well, what other heresies have you committed? Oh, oh, tons. Just, <laughs> just, just tons. tons. So I can't much. even count. Like, but if you give me some, some time and some parchment and, and put me back in my cell i'll come up with some go- I'll, I'll write you a book right right i'm a some people call me a space cowboy <laughs> yeah some call me some people call me the antichrist <laughs> that's right some people call me maurice yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> some people even call me lester <gasps> <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, like we don't, we wouldn't even bat an eye. Like we would give a false confession to mm-hmm. avoid, you know, uh, death or torture of or course, both, right. right? Like easy, easy, easy peasy. We would mm-hmm. do that, right? Yeah, we would all sing like canaries. Right? <laughs> um, now I'm not saying back in the day people believed that like one single lie would, you know, would send you straight to hell. Uh-huh. Even back, even back then, like the church saw most lies as like venial sins, is what they called, quote unquote, okay. venial sins, right? Especially if it's like a lie out of necessity or something like that, right? Like, like it's bad. But it's not like a one-way ticket to hell, right? And so you might be thinking, but Lester isn't giving a false confession to avoid torture a lie out of necessity? <laughs> yeah, Lester isn't giving a false confession to avoid torture a lie out of necessity? It is <laughs> to you. Mm. But to the court, and more importantly to the church, it's an undermining of their authority. Mm-hmm. So you're brought in on false charges of heresy. And instead of sticking to your guns and dying like a good Christian— mm-hmm. You commit heresy by giving a false confession. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're 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 basically right. You're making fun of the church. Mm-hmm. Right. You're offending them in that way. Yeah. Now that said, under torture, the Templars eventually admitted because who wouldn't? Right. They eventually admitted to worshiping an idol called 
Baphomet. Aha, ding, ding, ding. There he is. There it is, right? <laughs> we said we we're going to talk about Baphomet, and now mm-hmm. we're finally here. So, so now you might be asking, who or what is Baphomet? Yeah, who or what is Baphomet? Baphomet <laughs> is Baphomet. Yes, and I, I know who Baphomet is. I'm just telling him. Yeah, yeah. Just, right. I, was, I was in character yeah, just, there. Right, yeah. We understand <laughs> Baphomet. You know, we did this whole episode. It's in the, it's in the show notes. But he's an interesting-looking yeah. looking thing, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so, but, like, even the knights who are confessing don't seem to know or agree, <laughs> right? right? They, they don't have Google like I do. Yeah, right? And now, Keenan, mm-hmm. that Google image you're looking, uh-huh. that came way, way later. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. What did so, he look like to them? Oh, oh, oh. You just, you just, you just, you just <laughs> buckle up. Because even now, historians can't seem to agree on whether Baphomet was, like, a physical idol... Okay. ...that the Templars were worshipping... Or whether it was a complete fabrication on the part of the accusers. Mm-hmm. There's even a theory that like Baphomet is simply a corruption of Mahomet, which okay. is how you would say Muhammad in Old French. Oh, okay. Suggesting that like the Templars had been like partially influenced by or fully converted to the Islamic religion whilst in the Middle East, mm-hmm. right? Now again, remember that these early Christians, or let's say these early Catholics, right, saw Islam as not a fellow Abrahamic religion, but as pagan and therefore demonic, mm-hmm. right? Just like every other religion, even other Christian ones, mm-hmm. right? So so the worshiping of Muhammad or Mahomet or Baphomet, right, um, would be would be heretical, yeah? And then Mahomet would later be transformed into Mehmet in Old English and essentially become synonymous with a false god, mm-hmm. right? Another theory is that Baphomet comes from Mohameth, okay. which is the Greek name for Muhammad, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so again, right, referring to Muhammad. Um, this is backed up by the fact that the Templars were exposed to Greek culture during the First Crusade, and so um, they would have had, they would have heard tell of Mohameth from uh, Greek Christians. Mm-hmm. Right? But if, if you're living in the Middle East, right, you have a whole different perspective, probably, even if you were a Christian or Catholic who was living there and, and right. weren't converted or secretly converted or, or mm-hmm. anything to, to Islam. I mean, the, the three major religions were intermingling in that. And um, yeah. I mean, so again, like the Temple of Sol- you know, that Temple of Solomon. Oh, yeah. The Temple of Solomon. Right. <laughs> right that's where the Dome of the Rock is now. And that's yeah, like one yeah. of the, the um, holiest sites in Islam. Right. So mm-hmm, it's, it's mm-hmm, literally... Yeah. Uh, tripping over each other over there. Yes, right? And so, yeah, we don't actually know um, how much the the Templars um, uh, were familiar with uh, the Islamic religion. They might have have figured it out. They were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) Allah and God Mm -hmm. are the same guy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? They might have figured that out, but like, you know, all that to say, the the, the folks back home in, in, you know, white people land Mm -hmm. in Europe, right? They're not, they're not getting that memo. right? Right. Um, now, during the trials, Baphomet was described in various ways by individuals who were testifying against the Templars. So, again, by people who weren't there, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, like, by the people uh, accusing them and questioning them. Again, quote-unquote quote questioning, mm-hmm. right? Because these descriptions were either made by the accusers or, or acquired under duress, right? So they're not very useful to us, right, historically. Um, but last year, I managed to find an incomplete set of... Um, uh, Man, Myth, and Magic, an illustrated encyclopedia of the supernatural, right? I found this at a garage sale and grabbed up all the books they had. Mm-hmm. And one of them has an entry on Baphomet. Here's what it says. One of the accusations was that the Templars worshipped an idol named Baphomet. This was a head, sometimes said to be a human skull, sometimes a stuffed human head, sometimes a head with three faces. The knights were accused of believing that the head was the source of their riches and also the source of fertility. It made the trees blossom and the earth produce crops. 
There were supposed to be several of these heads kept at different Templar centers. One was described as being made of metal and having a face like a human face with curly black hair. Uh, very few of the Templars confessed to worshipping the head. Of 231 knights, only 12 admitted to knowing anything about the head. <laughs> hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Right? So It sounds like as they're getting tortured, they'll say yes to yes or no questions, but when asked yes. to describe things, they're not able to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Keenan, is this the origin of improv? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> is, the, is the origin of, of that fun theatrical game, improv, short for improvisation, was it born out of terrible, tor- uh, terrible torture? No, well, you know, in the form of improv that you and I practice today, the torture is through the audience. That's their experience. Yes. Right. So it has evolved, right, <laughs> to where the improvisers are now the torturers. Yes. That's right. As is evidenced in this episode. <laughs> Confess, listeners. No. <laughs> Send your confessions to the exorcistminute at gmail.com no. in the form of a five star review. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this is really different from, you know, like the images that you're seeing right now. Like, right, you, you know, yeah. you got this open on like a head, mm-hmm. like, a, like a severed or human a head. Right? Or, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, so you might be saying to yourself, wait a minute. That's not the Baphomet I know. Where's all the goat imagery? Where's the torch? Where's the wings? Where's the bibreasted body with one hand pointing up and one hand pointing down? Yeah, where's where's all the goat, uh, all, all the stuff you said? <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out, Keenan, uh-huh. all that stuff, all that stuff mm-hmm. was added later, after the trials. Uh-huh. M- much like the devil, Baphomet was a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Baphomet gained prominence in the 19th century with the writings and illustrations of French occultist Eliphas Lévy. Right? Elif- I'm trying to say that right. right? <laughs> we, got, we got King Philippe Lebel, <laughs> yeah, right. and we got Eliphas Lévy. I don't know if I can make fun of him because he's like maybe more current, right? He's 19th century. Yeah, right? he might have fans around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just, we'll just <laughs> leave it at that, right? And he might be the devil. <laughs> he might, well, you know. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's look at these letters. Lévy. No, it doesn't turn No, out. no, no. Oh, well. Anyway, anyway, so Lévy's work played a significant role in reshaping the image and symbolism of Baphomet, mm. right? Um, in his famous illustration, which I think you have up there, Keenan, right. um, uh, he is depicted as the uh, Sabbatic goat or the goat of Mendes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Lévy depicted Baphomet as this goat-headed figure with, a, with, with human and animal features, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this image combined elements of uh, the ancient deity Pan, yeah, right, uh-huh. we've talked about, mm-hmm. and other mythological beings, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh, indeed. <laughs> so while Lévy didn't explicitly equate Baphomet with the devil, his imagery contributed to a growing association between Baphomet and occultism, right? He's got, um, I mean, he, he's got um, angel wings, too, in this uh-huh, original mm-hmm. um, uh, Lévy one, so... Yeah. Yeah, So even if it's not supposed to be the devil, you could see where people would be like, oh, well, look at this. This Yes. Right. right? But yeah, we're going to get to the wings in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So so Levy's illustration and his writings associated uh, Baphomet with various occult and esoteric concepts such as duality Mm -hmm. and balance and the union of opposites. Mm So so actually, yeah, let's let's uh, let's break this down. Yeah, we don't want any of that around our Christian children and women. Mm -hmm. Right. The opposites existing at the same time. Mm -mm. Yes. At the same time. The same time. (laughs) Balance. Together, uh, equal? Uh, yeah, uh, balance, uh, no. <laughs> Equality. All right. Yeah. So, okay. So let's let's look at this picture. And folks, uh, if you if you want if you want to play along uh, with the Exorcist Minute, right? Just uh, just Google um, uh, Baphomet 
Eliphas Levi, right? Mm-hmm. So E-L-I. I like how I'm spelling the guy's name, right? Uh, <laughs> you know how to spell Baphomet. Baphomet. <laughs> yeah. But so, so Eliphas, so E-L-I-P-H-A-S and then Levi, L-E-V-I. Yeah. It's like Levi's. If right? you want to know how to spell Baphomet, just look down at your lower arm tattoo and mm-hmm. uh, you'll see it's spelled there. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Um, so uh, yeah, let's look. Let's look at. Let's break down this image, right? Mm-hmm. So the most prominent feature of Levi's Baphomet is the goat's head. You know, right? that's, that's the first, the thing, first you thing you notice, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, this guy's got a goat's head. It's like, whoa, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so the goat has long been associated with fertility, sensuality, and the occult, right? It could also be like so the goat of Mendes. I've heard um, referring to um, the deification of uh, of the goat in in these older religions, mm-hmm. right? Um, which would be considered pagan religions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in some interpretations, the goat represents the masculine aspect of nature, right? Okay. Now, Baphomet's head also features a torch or a flame between his horns, mm-hmm. right? I keep saying his, but you're going to know we're, we're going to talk about that as we go down the body, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so we're talking about the torch, right? This symbolizes illumination, knowledge, enlightenment. It also suggests that Baphomet possesses hidden wisdom um, or represents the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment. And this right? is all bad? Uh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> no, I mean, like, like to the worshipers, no, mm. that wouldn't be bad, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Like all of these things, like you might notice, folks, none of these things seem bad. Yeah. Right. This is this is like, you know, like if, if I were Keenan, if you and I mm-hmm. were, um, you know, we're world building and we were oh we were making a, a high fantasy story, <laughs> mm-hmm. for example. Right. Right. And we wanted to say, OK, like what does what does the, the high fantasy uh, 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 God in mm-hmm. our story look like? Right. We would want to like get all these symbols that that symbolize something good. Right. right. Yeah. So all of these are benevolent things, you know. Yeah, you know? yeah. 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 There's nothing bad, but not even bad. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that, was, that was a bad I'm joke. going into your lane here a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> yes, no, right keep, keep out of here yeah. no, uh, i'm the one who does that stuff here yeah. you're the one who just rolls your eyes and then people don't see you do that That's on this right. non-visual medium right but yeah so so yeah so so far we have um we have uh, um uh like aspects of masculine and then we're going to look at feminine mm-hmm. later we have uh, uh symbols of uh, uh enlightenment and illumination right knowledge mm-hmm. right um and hidden wisdom right uh things like that right you might also notice that levy's illustration and later illustrations depict baphomet as having breasts mm-hmm. right so baphomet is depicted with both male and female attributes this is symbolizing the union of opposites right in some depictions you might see that one hand looks more feminine and one looks more masculine right so, so again, this is nothing, it, 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 it's, it's completely either neutral or, or benevolent. There's, there's nothing malevolent about this, right? Um, speaking, speaking of the hands, you might mm-hmm. also notice that the, the pose that they are in, right? Well, you got one hand pointing up and the other hand pointing down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gesture of Baphomet's hands pointing upward and downward is often associated with the hermetic principle of as above, so below, uh-huh. which, yeah, this is a core concept of hermeticism and Western esotericism. Um, this principle suggests that um, there is a correspondence between the macrocosm, that is the universe, and the microcosm, that is the individual, right? So okay. in other words, yeah. So in other words, what happens on a cosmic or universal level mirrors what happens on a personal level or vice versa, okay. right? So his gesture, or, or Baphomet's gesture, uh, uh, reflects this idea, symbolizing the connection between the higher and lower realms of existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you might also see there's something like a like a staff or a spire emerging from between uh, Baphomet's legs, right? With these like two intertwining serpents, 
Right. Do you see that, Keenan? Yeah, it looks like the thing that would be like on a Hi- Hi- Hippocratic uh, staff or something like that. Right. Like, like it, it actually made me think of like the doctor's staff right. with a snake mm-hmm. and everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this has been interpreted as um, intertwining masculine and feminine energies um, could also be the cyclical nature of life and death, mm-hmm. could be the union of opposite uh, forces or spiritual balance. So again, yeah. like the union of opposites, spiritual balance, this is this is what the modern interpretation um, of Baphomet has, has uh, come to be known for. Right, right? and this duality, because one of the serpents is saying, yeah, you should eat that fruit. And the other one's like, yeah, no, don't eat that fruit. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. If it, you, you can't tell because... Um, <laughs> Because the speech bubbles weren't drawn in. But... And it's so tiny. It's, it's, it's really, really tiny. Really they're, yeah. they're speaking in their little their little serpent language. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so if you if you lean like really, really, really close right. to to the image of Baphomet, even even if you do hear something, you're just gonna hear That's right. And then the other snake going Right. And you'd be like, oh, you have opposites, That's right. Yeah. Um, but okay. So, so around that, that area, you might also notice that Baphomet's midsection is covered in scales, Mm -hmm. right? Like that of like, like a fish, right? So folks are speculating that this could represent the element of water, Mm -hmm. right? And if we look now, we can see that the other three elements are present as well. We got fire from the torch, Mm -hmm. air from the wings, water from the scales and earth from both the goat and the human form. Oh yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, this is all kind of like a, a balance, a union of things, right? Uh huh. Which is kind of, you know, that's 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 very different from the the hierarchical kind of patriarchal, um, you know, uh, Christian ideology. Right. You know? uh, speaking of which, um, mm-hmm. on the goat's forehead is a pentagram. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm, right. It's our five pointed star. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Keenan, that that got a response from you. Like, mm-hmm. what do you associate with a pentagram? No, oh, I associate that with the devil himself. Uh huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. As have as did I for a very right. very long time. Now. It is important to note in Levy's illustration, this pentagram is right side up. Mm-hmm. We might be familiar with this from Wicca. That is the symbol for Wicca is a, a right side up pentagram, right? Uh-huh, right. Um, but it has this has this symbol has existed as early as ancient Sumeria, ancient Mesopotamia. It has been associated with the Pythagoreans, and mm-hmm. it is the pent alpha from our Testament of Solomon. Oh. Right. <laughs> so it's an old symbol of religion magic and mathematics right? right if i remember correctly wiccans um associated with the four elements so earth air fire and water right and then the topmost uh-huh. point is the spirit right okay so, yeah so so you might see pentagrams or pentacles if if they have the circle around them it's a pentacle right um in pop culture associated with evil or satan right and that's where you might uh, get the association again like that's mm-hmm. that's what i associated with it for a long time right right but the up right pentagram that is the one with the single point pointing up right it mm-hmm. is not that at all it's just another religious symbol right it symbolizes the balance of opposites the union of microcosm and macrocosm um mm-hmm. the elements and protection among others um later on we'll see uh baphomet or just a goat's head associated with the inverted pentagram right okay now, both the Church of Satan, founded in the 1960s by Anton LaVey, and the Satanic Temple, founded in 2013 by um, Lucianne Greaves and Malcolm Jarry, mm-hmm. use the goat's head framed by an inverted pentagram. Now, I looked, but I couldn't find a definitive answer, but I think LaVey was the first person to turn the pentagram upside down Okay. when he, when he founded the Church of Satan. Um, and that might be where we come to associate it with, like, evil and the demonic. But I think we might have mentioned this on the show before, modern-day Satanists— uh, and that would include the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple, uh-huh. uh, practice um, atheistic Satanism. That is, they don't believe in Satan or God. 
Mm-hmm. They, their use of Satan is symbolic and has more to do with uh, rebellion against organized religion and certain religious dogma, which they view as uh, oppressive or, or harmful. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Theistic Satanism, um, where they actually worship Satan as a deity, is like a mm-hmm. whole different thing, and it's much less common. Um, but we'll get to both of those uh, a little later, I think, like yeah. if, we, if we keep on going on this uh, uh, history of Satan. Uh, and a, a lot of people who are uh, actually atheistic Satanists, like they'd sometimes put on the trappings of someone who was actually worshiping Satan, even though they're not, you know, for mm-hmm. various reasons, like right. political reasons and shock value and just for for lols. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, I don't know if they're I, I don't know how many people are theistically Satanist. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's like that's that's something that I've heard like even less about. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it would a lot be like, of accusations flying around. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, the only the only people I I I, I hear in association with worshiping the devil mm. didn't worship the devil. Right. Exactly. A lot of a lot of uh, innocent Christians who were uh, and and other people um, right. who were who were like burned or hanged or or pressed or mm. or sliced oh, or yeah. diced. <laughs> oh geez but yeah that that's interesting i hadn't heard any of this about the knights templar and yeah mm. i just i just knew them as very pious catholics and pious christians i didn't know mm. anything about their downfall here that's crazy. yeah yeah and again all of this all of this uh stuff connecting uh the knights templar to um uh, uh the worship of baphomet mm-hmm. and uh you know and, and all these heretical practices like there were also accusations um levied against them about like oh they would they would spit on the cross as mm-hmm. a ritual or they would urinate on the cross you know like all of this stuff right mm-hmm. like all of this was was accusations made by, you know, the, the courts that were trying them, right? Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be any proof. There doesn't seem to be, um, it's, it's all here. This heresy again is all hearsay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, and then any, any knights who did admit to it again, like it was under duress, right? It was, no, it, was yeah. it was tortured out of them. Right? right. So it could be that all of this stuff about Baphomet being like a severed head or a collection mm-hmm. of severed heads or a head made of metal or, you know, a head with three faces or whatever, mm-hmm. all, all of that could have been like just like the worst game of yes and you could ever imagine. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I've been at a worse game of yes and than that. <laughs> <laughs> but then we have but then we have this this uh, this um, comparatively uh, mm-hmm. uh, more modern occultist taking the the um, idea of Baphomet and drawing this image of this um, this um, uh, androgynous mm-hmm. um, human with a goat's head and wings and a torch on its head and, and all this stuff, right? And that that all comes later mm-hmm. and has now come to mean something like completely different and, and right. has like, you know, severed all ties with, you know, this, this horrible history of, of, you know, the, the torture of the, the Knights Templar. Right. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. Love it. But honestly, honestly though, Keenan, I'm, mm. I'm a little bit disappointed. Oh, why are you disappointed? Well, like doing this thing, like mm-hmm. that was, that was the next thing on our list, right? We were going to mm-hmm. research Baphomet and I was like, oh right. my gosh, like, like, Baph- like we learned about Beelzebub and we learned about <laughs> Asmodeus or Asmodeus mm-hmm. and, and we learned about like all these different demons and everything like that, right? Like, and I was like, ooh, we're going to, we're going to find out about like Baphomet's lore and, and mm-hmm. oh, what's his title in hell, right? Like what's, right. you know, is he, a, is he a duke? Is he a prince? Is he a, you know, this, that? And then I'm finding out like, this guy was completely made up. Yeah, <laughs> not, not real like the other ones, yeah. Yeah, no, you're not real like the other But no, okay, okay. No, but relatively modern. Right, relatively modern and and like made up, not in the way that the others are made up. Like, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say- <laughs> Right, like, no one up, actually worshipped Baphomet. Yeah, like made up completely by the accusers. But right. then even going further than that, the one, the Baphomet that was made up by the accusers wasn't this like, you know, winged goat. Yeah. It was yeah. a bunch of heads. <laughs> This winged goat is the Santa Claus of the St. Nicholas story. This is, yeah, this is the, the Coca-Cola of, <laughs> this, it's back to Coca-Cola now. We did it. So, Keenan, what actually happens, mm-hmm. you thought you had Coca-Cola in your fridge. Mm-hmm. 
right? And me as the Knights Templar coming in there and raiding your, it was actually Baphomet. It was Baphomet the whole time. It was Baphomet the whole time. Yeah. yeah well, next time you just ask, I'll give you a Coca-Cola. I Jeez. know, right? Yeah. Oh, this is diet Baphomet. Oh, oh no, you can have all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. Right. <sighs> yeah. But for now, folks, that is all of my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan, is there anything we missed? No, we did a lot here. We did. Yeah. Really we went, we stuff. went through a lot, right? Yeah. Oh, and in case you guys are wondering like what happened to the knights, actually, because we went, <laughs> okay. we, we, we stopped talking about the Knights Templar and we started talking about Baphomet and the symbolism yeah. of Baphomet. They're all dead. Why, why ain't they no knights no more? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they were all tortured to death. That was, you know, terrible. That's it. Right. Pope Clement, Papa C, Papa C five <laughs> disbanded the, 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 the order. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were, yeah, they were, it was tortured in the inquisition. Yeah. That's crazy. Tortured and executed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. In Jesus' name. <laughs> That's right. Yes. All right. So, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our uh, listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in, in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star rating on iTunes, a five- pentagram rating on <laughs> iTunes or Spotify wherever you uh, listen to our show. Um, we really appreciate it. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Mm-hmm. And yes, folks, we want to say thank you again for sticking with us, even though we're not talking about the movie at this time. We promise we're not going anywhere. We will start up our normal movie episodes as soon as we have won this strike. Um, we have episodes in the can, but we are standing in solidarity with SAG-AFTRA. All right. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. All right, folks. Until next time. The, the power, power of, of strike, strike compels you. Compels you.